0: Hello and welcome to the Find Focus podcast, a podcast that is all about deep work, productivity, and the impact technology has on our business and daily life. Your host, as always, is me, Martin Badokar, the creator of the Find Focus website and distraction blocker for Mac and Windows, which you can try for free at findfocus.net. Hello, Dimitri. Great to have you on the show.
1: Good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your approach to building relationships online? When did you get started, and what kind of things and experience did you have in yeah building relationships online for people who don't who maybe do not know you?
1: Yeah, so I guess I was a. Uh engineer who was unhappy at his job uh i had computer science background. So i was working as an engineer and i decided to quit my job and um, sell everything i have and move across the country to silicon valley because i heard that there's a lot of startups in silicon valley and they have a lot of funding or people can get funding easily and this was in 2017 no 2007 <laughs> 2017 2007 and uh you know 2007 there were a lot of startups gaining traction again i mean this was after the dot-com bubble so you know we lived through that we had learned some lessons hopefully and uh, this was right before the financial crisis so you had this kind of up and up feeling still but people were weary, and um Um, It was a good time to come because I I came to Silicon Valley, not knowing anything. And um, through uh, my MBA program, I decided to join an MBA program because I needed some kind of education in business. Um, The very first week I was in Silicon Valley, I met an alumni. Um, I had not even started classes yet. And he basically was starting a startup and I joined it and I didn't know a thing about startups and i worked for free for a very long time and he taught me a lot about pr and that was his thing he was the founder and so he was into building relationships and he was number 20 at linkedin so he did really well then he started the startup and you know i i just followed his his guide He, he guided me through this whole process and I figured out what to uh, to do. And so he showed me how to build relationships with journalists, how to pitch journalists, and that's the kind of marketing we did. The company grew, went from zero to 5 million customers uh, in about two years through this kind of PR. I was acquired. Um, I had left before it was acquired and went on to work for another startup. Then I worked for another startup. And, um, just learned a whole bunch of other things Mm -hmm. from other smarter people, much smarter people than me on how to build relationships, how to get publications to cover you, how to write for other, you know, blogs and, and, and so forth and and get publicity and, and translate that publicity into customers and eventually worked for another company and ended up, um, uh, building that from zero to 40 million pages in about two years. And this is, we're already fast forwarding to 2014. And um, at that point um, that got acquired by Google and I went on to build my own startup at that point. I decided not to join Google, kind of leave the company before the acquisition and go and, um, and start building my own company in the PR space. So PR has been with me through the whole, uh, journey from being that unhappy engineer moving to <laughs> silicon valley to uh to now running my startup uh, we have about four thousand so over oh, oh, five over five thousand customers who have um are, have used our platform or are using it now um over the last three years that it's been around three and a half but, yeah, that's a little bit about, I guess, my background. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I went through your course, and what, what I really liked about it, that you emphasize on on being personal and not doing, like, automated outreach to hundreds of journalists or even thousands using some kind of software, but to really send one email at a time. So, um, and, uh, yeah, you, you really help entrepreneurs who who are just starting out to get, yeah, get covered by by bigger popular uh by bigger pub- uh uh what the word <laughs> publications and uh yeah that's that's what i really like and maybe you can tell me uh what's the number rule for somebody who's just getting uh, who is just getting started to build relationships with influencers online
1: yeah um so i mean when you're building relationships. This is always like, remember I, I was just mentioning, I, I came to Silicon Valley. I didn't know anybody. And I started working at the startup. I didn't know anybody. The founder t- tells me, you know, you have to build relationships with people. And the only way I knew how to build relationships with people is to start talking to them as if I am want to give them value up front. And that naturally has to be individualized, right? Everybody has their own value prop. And so um, you want to give them value up front. So I always imagine myself at a conference when you're sitting next to somebody who's very well known or somebody you want to start a conversation with. If you knew something about that person, usually I'd Google them or try and find what they've said on social media so I can like respond to something they've said. And, draw upon it or maybe give a little bit more insight into whatever they are saying. And so it's easier to do that now with the web because everything is so connected. You can kind of mention what they've talked about, answer a question and and mention them or give them a shout out of some sort. And it's much easier to say, hey, I gave you a shout out. I gave you a little bit of exposure. I really like what you're doing versus without the web, it was a little bit more awkward. Uh, but still, this is the type of relationship that I usually like to start up with people. I always think of how can I impress them to a point where they will ask me what I do. And so that was a big lesson learned for me. I think that you know a lot of people forget is we always ask, 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 and it's by default. You know, we we need we're busy. We have a lot of things to do. We have a big checklist of things to do and we see that where we're falling behind we're not executing on all those tasks and we don't have enough time and so we don't have time to do these things we don't have to give time time to give people value so you just ask you reach out and you say listen you don't know me but i see what you're doing and maybe you can like promote me or maybe you could do something for me and it's just Usually a poor way, a poor way to start a conversation, and I've been guilty of it. And I pretty much most of our customers, I think, uh, this is why we um, uh, started the service now, the change of the service, so that um, instead of people just using my software, you know, uh, they will um, they will use some of our strategists, our PR strategists, who are making sure that they're giving value up front, right? Um, it's, um, it's very hard. There's just before this, this interview, you know, there's a customer, they have a recycled uh, sun meal material. So uh, when, you know, seeds, the sunflower seeds, when they press them for um, the sunflower oil, the, the stuff that's left over is usually thrown away. And this company, they take that stuff. It's called sun meal recycled material, and they make snacks from it. And these snacks have more protein than meat and it's more healthy for you and it's also really good for you and for the environment. And so when they were starting to pitch, they were pitching and pitching and pitching. They're saying, look at our snack, look at our snack, look at our snack, just wasn't working. And so we changed it and said, well, um, here is a story about this competition where we have people submit their recipes on how to use... Uh, this material to create different types of food. So you don't have to just create snacks like chips. Maybe you could create baked goods out of it. Maybe you could also create cereal out of it or granola bars. And so um, this competition started drawing interest. And it's been very interesting to see what people innovate from this material. And it drew some of the bigger uh, brands, food brands like Mattson and, and some of these other ones. And so um, it was pretty much value up front for people who were participating in the competition or the challenge because they were giving away this material for free. And um, it was a lot of work to put up that challenge and try to recruit people into it. Uh, But now that they have people participating in it, it now is becoming a PR story that they can pitch, which is interesting to folks who are covering these types of things to see what types of things are being innovated, like food tech, you know? So it's just an example of them trying to build relationships with journalists by using this kind of approach. Um, but anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah, great, great story. And I, I just wonder if I, if you're somebody like, like me who's just uh, starting, developed a product like Find Focus, and now I'm trying to get the word out. First, I was just pitching people on, "Yeah, this is a great software," and they said, "Yeah, so, so what?" Basically, and now I'm I started this podcast just to to actually follow what, what you teach, to build relationships with you and the other people on the podcast, and uh, it's such a great way. I I learn a lot. I I'm able to publish th- this content on my on my blog. I offer value to my. Subscribers and it's it's a lot of work. I think you pu- you mentioned that you published one thousand four hundred articles uh, in the last seven years, and that's I, I did the math. That's four articles per week. And how did you get so productive to to uh, publish and pitch four articles per week? I think that's uh, that's quite an achievement.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, well. I catalog all of them on Digo and all my, on my website. You'll go to criminallyprolific.com and you'll click press and uh, you'll see criminallyprolific.com slash press. We'll have all the articles there. And you'll see it categorized by different um, types of articles. So we have, um, we have like, oh, somebody behind me, one second. <laughs> um, there's usually usually um, different types of articles and the 1400 that we were talking about are um, different types so we have actual articles we have guest posts we have podcasts and then we have articles that are more or less in the forum uh, type of a format where we have you know like, Quora or um, those types of articles. Quora article that comes in as a real article. You know, Quora articles, they can get indexed and become real articles. And so my team of, say, we have about five writers that work for me, they write as me on guest posts. That's one portion of those 1,400. <laughs> a huge other one is just my clients in press, and articles that I've gotten, other as pitching press. And they got picked up by somebody else, and that got picked up by someone else. So I might pitch one or one blogger, and then he would write it, and then somebody else would cover the same thing and the same thing, and it would link to that original piece. So um, the 1,400 over the last four years, you know, the 1,400 includes all of them. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, the guest posts, much less, of course, I can't be writing that many on my own, even with five writers. But, yeah, I, I, uh, I've i cataloged all of them just because it's been a long ride in my 10 years, almost 11 years, doing PR. And I wanted to keep tabs uh, on most of the stuff I've done. I probably haven't really done an amazing job of every single article, but it's close. Uh, but, yeah, my... I guess it's always come back to building that relationship. I feel like that's the thing. You gotta do it. And um everything that I've been able to accomplish in the past has always been value up front up front. How can I be most helpful to that journalist? You know. Is it promoting their article? Is it spotting a mistake in their article? Is it maybe starting up a of thoughtful conversation about what they're writing about?
0: Uh, can, can you give us uh, one a concrete example? For example, I remember from your course that you recommend to first uh, yeah, answer a question on Quora, mention their article, and then write them an email about it, some, something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a couple of things you can do with Quora, which I really love doing. So with Quora, and there's also a video in the course, but there's also um, a video of a webinar that I did, uh, which describes this tactic really well. So you, what I would do is I would look at a a journalist, find an article that is very interesting to you and your expertise. You know a bit about this topic and then go on core and find a question that is asking uh, more or less the same thing that the journalist has written about. Um, Make sure the question has some answers in it. And then what you do is you answer the question and you reference the journalist's article in the answer by um, giving them credit. Um, what you could do next after answering that question is you know, emailing the journalist and saying, hey, I, I gave you a shout out. And the answer that I do it justice, I don't, I'm not an expert in the field, but I thought it was very pertinent to this. But do your best of writing a really coherent, really good um, good, d- detailed answer. And then after you've done that, um, what happened is a couple a couple things. You can take that answer and actually submit it to be a article in Inc. Magazine or Forbes Magazine or Newsweek because all of them index these types of things. But um, it has to be written in a specific format. So... There's a whole process there, so we help some of our customers do that, accomplish that. Uh, but what this would help is, you know, you would um, you would answer this thing. You would you would email the journalist or blogger and say, "I just gave you some shout out. I gave you some good stuff. Um, you know, would you do? Did they, would you look at it? Did I do it justice?" And it's really nice for the journalist to see that. Nobody does that. And so you might start a conversation with them this way. Um, If you wanted to be innovative with it, maybe you could take it and you could um, link up your own blog in the same answer and then reference them in your own blog. And so that way you're promoting your own blog and at the same time you're promoting them. So I've done that before where I would actually reference my own blog post but I referenced the section within my blog post, which talks about their article. So that way in Quora, you're promoting your own, which is kind of uh, kind of sneaky, I guess. Um, but if it's too complex to think through that, just link up and promote their article directly in Quora and email them. Um, it's usually the, the best approach. And there's a whole bunch of other things you can do with SEO and stuff, but this is probably a good little thing to remember.
0: (laughs) Where where do you see uh, the biggest leverage point? Because, uh, yeah, this strategy uh, sounds really uh, um, time-intensive, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I would cherry-pick the people you're going to do this with and really... Make sure that they're from well-known publications and people that you really admire. Uh, I wouldn't do this with everybody. And uh, see how you can build that relationship going forward. So I wouldn't um, go after everybody. Try and go after two or three. Build the relationship there and then see if you can get that exposure you were looking for from that publication. Uh I would probably start there I w- and I wouldn't make this your only thing. I would two or three of them, you know, at a time um, to, to try and uh, get get this going. With Kawara, you, you know, like yourself, sometimes you can just pick the right answer and answer it and you just, you do really well. Um, <laughs> yeah, <you> know,
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you have had like this amazing run, which is like, fantastic i've mentioned it to a lot of our students um you, yeah. like really good so it's like um even with reddit we have another student uh wedding mix and she um she's just been she was on home page or reddit um she just caught the thread right at time when there's really poor answers in it. She gave a really good answer. It got uploaded. And then the thread went up on homepage of Reddit. She ended up getting lots of influx of people.
0: Yeah, awesome. Are there any other uh, critical or important rules about yeah building relationships online that we need to know about?
1: Yeah, I guess be authentic, genuine. I, um, I always come back to reading the email out loud that's my the only thing that i always say like the best rule of all is before you send it read it out loud to yourself and would you respond to it you know would you say this out loud to this person if the answer is yes if you are 100% comfortable saying whatever you're emailing uh, to that person out loud and not feel ashamed or uncomfortable then go ahead and send it but 9 out of 10 times it's usually not something you'd say out loud to a person so I always say like why would you put it in the writing to them because like you just don't it's usually a bad idea so I always say you know would you say it out loud to them Um, but yeah but just like with marriage or dating somebody like how do you start a conversation or build a relationship it's like through many exchanges and always common ground and value 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 up front to try and impress the other person you
0: know yeah great, great tip and uh should we use some some software or can we use some software to amplify it or should it just be gmail or outlook and that's it
1: <laughs> i mean i use mixmax in gmail which is um to see if they opened your email that way you can see if your subject line is any good so um that's the number one people usually do they email a bunch they're like "Oh, nobody's responding i gotta do more that's like no no email only like two three four five ten times and then see who's opened your email nobody's opening email probably need to work on your email subject line right like and if everybody's opening your email but nobody's responding it's probably time to work on your email copy on the actual pitch So use Mixmax uh, or some other tool that lets you see if they've opened your email and let that be the judge of what you do next, whether you're going to improve the subject line whether you'll be improving the email copy or the pitch itself um, and perfect that, you know, because that's the best way. You never want to amplify anything that's not working on a very small scale. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, great, great, and great tip as well. And, um, yeah, I, I do that as well. I just send out emails and, yeah, so some, some people reply, some people reply. If I try to find guests for this podcast, some say, yeah, I'm so busy and, uh, I, I cannot do it, but yeah, good luck. And, um, but I, I get a lot of, a uh, lot better response asking just for a podcast interview than, than pitching my software, which is, which is great as well. And But uh, where do you see entrepreneurs waste a lot of time when they try to get exposure for their business?
1: Uh, well, in my case, I see a lot of them using ads um, and everybody, you know, going after Facebook ads and trying to do Facebook ads. Um, I really think, you know unless you have maybe 20,000 to test with and just to test and run experiments with or $15,000 or something like that, just to test and maybe another 30 or 20 to really run a campaign. You know, like, I don't know, like a lot of times, that's what it might take for a serious business to figure out how to use ads effectively. You get, people signing up i think but to really make your ads work i think you need a, a, a bigger budget and you also need a really good funnel like a, the conversion ratio on your on your homepage or your pages themselves and so i see people jump into ads putting in 500 bucks a thousand bucks and just hoping to get you know good conversion and it's like because they hyper-targeted them and Facebook, it's like, no, you probably need a lot more to really test. And then you really need to work on your conversion usually before you even do ads. And you need to figure out how people interact with your product anyway, real people that you haven't paid to advertise for. And so I see a lot of people trying to gain exposure through ads, which should not be because they have, their product isn't fully baked or their conversion isn't fully baked or they think they're, they're really on a budget and they should be using that budget more wisely. A lot of people do partnerships and affiliate deals with people that I haven't been behind mostly ever. Like I don't think affiliate deals have ever really truly worked for me too much. And these affiliate deals might, might take away a lot of your resources because you have to dedicate your time and your, you have to write a copy and a lot of effort towards them. And so they can be draining for businesses to get exposure. And I really don't think businesses – there's many businesses that live on affiliate, um, but I think as a business – Starting out, your first customers, they should be your own. Um, so, content, writing content and, and gaining exposure through amazing content, building relationships with users, usually the best way. Advertising something and, and being tricky and funny in ads, not the, usually the best way of building relationships. Um, doing affiliate deals where somebody's emailing their user base to try and get uh, to promote you. Or some percentage of money or something like that again it's just like in real life you know i picture somebody standing on the corner of the street with an ad trying to be funny usually not the way you want to build a relationship with your first customer same with like some shady dealings where like somebody's like well i'll introduce you to a bunch of customers you know come this way in real life like again not usually it's like you speaking at the conference and talking about something really interesting. Somebody comes up to you and is like, oh, I really like what you said. What do you, what do you do? And how, how does this, all this work? That's where you get your customer who's truly interested in what you do. Uh, but not to say, I mean, there's, there's, it's a huge industry. I mean, everybody in it is there. And they're probably making good investments and money and it's just, I feel like for small businesses who are just starting out, it's very easy to get mixed up in ads and maybe you know there's there's other ways of doing things, you know, that are not so capital intensive because you do start. And with ads you you don't have to put too much money in sometimes. Sometimes you can use Google AdWords and be paid pennies, you know, for some of these keywords. Um, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying think about where you want to put your dollars because they're very precious for a small business and you want to make sure you invest them wisely. For me, I've been bootstrapping all my life. And so I've never taken a dollar from an investor because, um, you know, their mentality is very different from mine. Um, I like lifestyle businesses. I do not want to, you know, 10x my money in the next 10 years or 20x or whatever. I don't want to be thinking about constantly being acquired or sold somewhere. It's a very different boat. Like it's a different thinking that you sign up for when you take money from investors. And so it's uh, it's it's hard to figure out how you spend your money. And um, <laughs> but yeah, those are some of the thing places I've seen them waste.
0: Yeah, yeah, great. And it's the same, same strategy I, I use, uh, here at Find Focus and it's just more genuine. And I think advertising in, in itself is one of the biggest problems that we face as a society. There are a lot of books coming out. Uh, for example, Tim Wu's the, the attention merchants or Sta stand out of all of our light and, and all these, yeah. Voices who who critic the the current attention culture. Attention has become the most important commodity in business, and it's it's terrifying because yeah, our lives are defined by what we pay attention to, and the the algorithms get so good, it's it's unbelievable. So it's like I, I think for entrepreneurs who just start out, uh, it's more about creating and improving your product and build a really great product and then build relationship and then grow from there instead of going, going to advertising straight away.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Ads are sometimes a waste of uh, money for very young businesses, so I'd be very cautious with it. This kind of PR stuff, relationship building, it's free, so it's very tempting, and I think rightfully so, and it should be for people to use it, and they should be using this kind of stuff because uh, it's helpful
0: what what is a mistake that creates a lot of yeah, mental stress and anxiety uh, for for entrepreneurs or for people starting out or your clients that you work with
1: you know just um first of all that i just doing too much at once i feel like um, as a person starting out and i'm guilty of it myself you know you get lost in what your priorities should be. There's so much to do and you have to do everything. You have to build a product. You have to market it. You have to figure out where to write, what to write. You have to do the copy for the page. You have to take feedback from your users. And and, and what do you do? You're just stuck in all this, like putting out fires basically every day, right? And you look back on a month or two months, you're like, i'm just like running in place here by myself a lot of times right and you usually you know like if you're a small company you don't have a huge team you don't have like a big board meeting and you don't have big goals you set and um, it's useful to come back to the purpose of what you're doing and figuring out what is the, the how you're gonna measure like what you do month to month week to week like is it going to be revenue is it going to be number of subscribers and useful to take one metric and in my case it's you know like monthly revenue and see how my actions impact that and um and 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 and, you know in in somebody else's business might be something different and um and then have a goal that you are adhering to and, and all the actions should be lined up with. And so then everything you're doing is has to be driving that goal. And I think that's important. It's easy to get lost again. So keep coming back to that goal. Uh, keep like reminding yourself about that goal so that you're, you're action driven and you're goal driven, right? And uh, so that's one mistake. The other mistake is just just trying to promote yourself like pitch yourself too much uh without giving value up front uh that's number one mistake most, most people make
0: <laughs> yeah and now uh, what, what is the number one tool that you use to stay on track
1: um i have this i actually you know like I ha- used to have it's, it was like a goal setter a goal um it was literally like it would take over your Google Chrome um uh, plugin I think it's goal setter it was from Brian Harris it's a little plugin and um all it does is it shows you your number and um that is connected to your um to your dashboard somewhere but all it does is just shows you that number like what it is right now and for me it used to be email subscribers now it's revenue monthly revenue but the two are correlated because the more email subscribers i have the more revenue i have and it would just update it would be plugged into active campaign um now i literally look at bare metrics because i'm looking at revenue and i have like one metric on there that i highlighted so i'll in bare Metrics, and it just goes to that one metric, and I look at it every I don't know, week or so just to see how my um, monthly revenue is changing. Just because Bear Metrics plugs into Stripe, and it allows you to easily see that. Uh, but but the Goal plugin, Goal Setter, I think from Brian Harris, that was a good one for email subscribers because that used to be a big um, one metric that I tracked. Um, so. So yeah, and that was actually really good because every time you open a new tab in your browser, your email browser, in my case it was Chrome, it will show you that number. And you're like, oh, okay, and then you type in your URL or your, your Google search and you go on to whatever you're working on. But you'd see that number flash in front of you many times during the day and so you remember, okay, I'm, I'm there, I'm there, okay. And so it will always be a reminder. So it was an, a sneaky and a good way to... Uh, to uh stay on top of it i guess <laughs> i think it was goal uh list goal i think that's what it is list goal. yeah
0: yeah awesome and uh what, what do you use in your in your personal life to yeah maybe stay fit to stay focused to uh yeah actually be productive in your work
1: well, I got your stuff. So I I got your fine focus stuff that uh, keeps like distractions uh, away from my machine. And I don't, I'm pretty, pretty good actually. You know, I, um, you know, like my phone um, doesn't, doesn't have anything on it. Like I can show you, like, see, it's this really, this, there's no apps. There's just these apps down below. And then, um you know, like I don't even have text messages on my home screen or anything like that. There's no email on my phone. Um, all I have is just calls, Google Maps, and camera. And then, literally, my only other apps on here are music and um, Duo Mobile, which is my like second party verification tool, which you must have if you're you have two party verification, two fact two factor verification. Um, those might other two apps on here, so no, just like I just disconnect, I just completely disconnect. I can't even get to my email on my phone. Uh, in here, um, I use Inbox One Ready, which is a plugin that uh, pauses your inbox um, until you click something that shows you all the emails in Gmail, um, so you don't see Inbox, which is good because I don't want it to see it because. It's usually a giant mess, and I always say uh, it's uh, it's the world's to do list for your for you, right? So it's like you open up here in bus, like what the world wants you to do, and it's like you have your own plan, but usually that plan just gets put on back burner because there's burning questions and problems and issues in the world that come at you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love that, and it's amazing. Like everybody I talk to as, uh just mentioned. Yeah, there's no apps, no email on my phone. I just use it to basically call people, and the, all the work gets done at the computer, basically. So uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I I used to say I use my software Find Focus to to achieve something similar, where I block uh gmail and outlook and everything but i still allow myself to send emails so i can delegate work or pitch people uh or do something like that but not be able to see the inbox so that is really helpful Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah 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 Cool. cool What is something important that many entrepreneurs typically blow off because they think they are too busy, yet it's extremely important, and how can they find the time to do it?
1: Sorry, you repeat that?
0: Yeah, what's something that people procrastinate on entrepreneurs that they should do, and what what can they do against that?
1: Yeah, I think, gosh, I think a lot of times... I don't know, like maybe when they're procrastinating, right? A lot of folks are looking at what other companies have done. And it's usually a little bit of envy, right? Because you are building this thing on your own, but you always want to see what people are doing. And when you see very fancy websites or you see great traction right you see these growth numbers you're like my gosh you know this company is raising 30 million dollars 40 million dollars they have 50 employees they have 150 employees next year and you started with your 60 customers and next year you have 160 and it's it like kills you a little bit, right? So you're you're looking at these bigger companies in your field. You're like, hmm, I want to be like them. These people are making things happen. You know, they're moving moving icebergs in, in your mind, right? But you get in there sometimes, and you really think, no way. You know, they're not anywhere further along than you are solving this issue. It's just you guys are doing it differently, right? So somebody who chooses to raise funding have um, you know that need of course but they'll also go and they'll need to hire a lot more people. And because they they have they need to hire those people, they need, you know, to account for them. So you need to create more stuff, right? And they might not be as focused as you, right? Because you are um the smaller, more focused uh, company that has a goal and they're, they're following that goal but that procrastination i see a lot of founders looking at other solutions and try and imitate them or trying to do what they do right so they're trying to copy their service offer they're trying to copy what they do and copy their metrics what they do their growth process their strategy their ad like, So many of these articles out there, how to get your first 1,000 customers, how to get your first 100,000 customers, how we hacked the referral program to get tons more users, how we increased our conversion rate by 100% to 50%. It might have worked for somebody else. It probably will not not work for you the same way. Just because it worked for someone else usually is not the case that it will work for you, right? So lesson learned, like, sure, maybe referral programs would be something you should look into. Maybe it's an interesting idea. Don't implement what somebody else has done. Don't look at it. Don't envy it. It's just, it's just what somebody else done, right? And it's great that it worked for them. And maybe it's something you should look into. Uh, but don't waste your time looking at other companies too, too much. That's all I'm saying. It's like, I feel like people do this a little too much. It's just not healthy for, usually, for anybody to do this over and over again. And I feel like a lot of people do it outside of your usual procrastination. Um, But, yeah. And um, that's one of the biggest things I see. Spending stuff, you know, like your email is is the other thing that I'm guilty of. I'm on email all the time because I have just a lot of people that I'm waiting for responses for or only communicate for me with, with email and so on email i want to be very fast i want to keep it to inbox zero i've honestly like decided maybe inbox zero is not the way to keep going because mm-hmm. i feel like inbox zero makes you feel good about your email because you're you've pretty much responded to everybody nobody's waiting on you but um it's not keeping you productive and what you need to do so even though it's hard to find emails in your inbox sometimes, if you're not at inbox zero, even though you forget to follow up with important people, sometimes it um, is actually keeping you more productive if you don't answer every single email, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are like the two main kind of things. Envy of other stuff and, and, and inbox zero. I see a lot of people spending too much time on it.
0: Yeah I I can totally relate because for example today I set up my my Instagram account for find focus and I just had a quick look at yeah some of the people I follow some some famous speakers and stuff and I immediately got over overwhelmed, yeah, they're posting so much stuff. So really nicely designed quotes and and stuff like that have so much engagement on on this uh, stuff. So I thought like, yeah, I, I need to get rid of this as fast as possible to focus on my stuff and getting my stuff done. And uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to remember that. It's, um, the inbox gets so kind There's so many people have questions you're like oh i want to get to it i want to get to it like my designer is doing redesign just reach out we have like a whole team of people working on it and they have so many questions and they email me so much and i i really love the design and i really want this design to go well and i want it to be done fast and 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 at the same time i also need to work on you know like the actual product itself like the, the search algorithm for it. And so I'm sitting there just leaving all these comments and, and, and responding to everyone that comes in I'm checking my email and I have my lunch and I check my email and there's some more questions and I answer them and that keeping that effort going really well. And I feel good about it, but at the same time, most of the day has gone by and you know, it's 5 PM now and I still haven't worked on the search at all today. And, um, just like which one is going to actually drive my revenue board like the, the, the design or the search you know like, you're always like trying to understand and um but yeah i think this year i've experimented with not having inbox zero with letting things go a little um i think it might be my big thing um towards the end of this year just letting it go like uh, just letting the inbox go and whatever happens happens you know like i not going to keep up with answering every single email and um it'll be tempting but we'll see i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah well, i i'm still working on one blog post about inbox zero and what, what i found really effective was the way yeah, Carl, Carl newport or Dan O'Reilly approached this is by making it more difficult um for people to reach you, for example, by adding a contact form, uh, where you actually ask people like what, uh, what do they want? How fast do they need a response? If, if they want a response at all, so you can filter, uh, your, the emails coming in and you get higher quality emails and outreaches. So, uh, that's something that, uh, yeah, you, maybe you might want to look at because yeah, this is so amazing. And, um, uh, yeah not many people do that, but if you really want to yeah focus on deep work as carl newport uh yeah book is called and his approach is called that's something I find really uh, effective as well so uh-huh. <laughs> it's um yeah, it's it's definitely putting up a barrier and it's it's always important i i think if you want to improve a product it's Good to get as much feedback as possible, but uh, if you're getting pitched all the time by by stuff you do not care about, yeah, think about ways to get rid of that. Uh, for example, I'm not uh, getting any newsletters uh, to my primary email. Like I, for all the newsletters that I use as a swipe file, I set up a different email account that I only check like once or twice per month, and uh, yeah, but I still have the emails, but I do not look at them and because most of them are advertising anyway in, in some form, even if it's content marketing or direct sales pitches to some of the info products or whatever they sell. So that that really helped me to to separate my inboxes. Uh-huh. Uh, oh,
1: that's good. That's good. <laughs> really good stuff. All of it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, is there anything I haven't asked you about uh, building relationships online that you'd like to share? Maybe about mindset, preparation, or some hidden opportunities.
1: No, I think um, I think it's good. I think I don't think there's any anything that's very specific that you haven't really covered. I think just remember, read that email out loud, uh, offer value up front. And always, you know, be authentic. And so like I always try and make sure that's the case, you know. Yeah. Um, just value up front, like would you actually say this out loud?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, so so great and and easy tip that everybody can can follow. Uh yeah, thanks for the interview, Dimitri. And uh please tell me tell us how can people find out more about you and what you do.
1: Uh go to justreachout.io. That's the site. Uh, we're re- redoing redesign on it. And then my personal site is criminallyprolific.com. So just reach out.io is my business. Criminallyprolific.com is my personal. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for the interview. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Find Focus podcast. Remember, if you want to eliminate low-value tasks like browsing Facebook or watching YouTube videos and replace them with high-value tasks and create deep work habits, you can try FindFocus for free at findfocus.net.